that there'll be some uh, pretty good podcasts. Now pass me them titles. Once again, the Resonant Frequency of Amateur Radio Podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and this is a directed net, so please do not transmit without direction from net control. Okay, I'm just fooling with y'all, but welcome once again to Resonant Frequency, and uh, thank you for downloading us this week. Okay, this week we have... uh, have Dave with us, uh, W7GOX from the Hurricane Watch Net, and we'll get to him in just a few minutes. Uh, the Frapper map is really exploding, y'all. I'm uh, quite impressed. Uh, we're adding adding stations and pins to the map every single day. Let me go ahead and say hello to some of the folks that signed on this week. Uh, hello to Harry, KC9KOI out in Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, Herman, K-E-5-H-Y-W, over in Garland, Texas, just a stone's throw away. Uh, y'all be hearing Herman in the next week or so. He's uh, he's the one that came on and talked with us about uh, the national traffic system, so I believe he's up next week. Uh, hello to Jim, W-B-9-R-R-O, out in Elgin, Illinois. Uh, Want to thank Jim for his... Uh, is really nice feedback. Uh, thank you very much, Jim. And uh, I believe Jim's a contester out there, so we'll be talking to him again. Uh, David, KD5LGU over in Mesquite, Texas. He's uh, he's currently president of the Ham Association of Mesquite, the uh, the club over in this uh, this part of the world. And uh, Dave's really doing a bang up job over there. I want to say hello to Rob, VK5PR in Adelaide, Australia. Uh, Bob, you are Rob, you're the first one to uh, to chime in from from Adelaide, and uh, really appreciate you listening out there. Uh, also, Carl, uh, SM7TJC in Andertorp, Sweden. I'm sorry if I botched the name of that city. I'm really not up on that particular one. Uh, Carl out there is a home brewer, and he wants uh, he wants us to do some do a show on some or a couple shows on some home brew, and we're gonna we're gonna sure enough try and get that happening. Uh, also, like to say hello to to Ben VK seven B E N in Tasmania, and uh, thanks a lot, Ben. Uh, really, really appreciate uh, your words out there, and. Uh, you tell all you tell all your friends about us. I, I can see that uh, there's a few folks down in Hobart that are uh, uh, also checking in. Now that brings us to the anonymous listener list that we have every week. Uh, those are the ones that stick the pins in but don't give us any more information. But hey, uh, we're just happy to have y'all listening. Uh, we'd like to welcome our listeners in London, England, Chatswood. 
Australia. That's uh, just outside Sydney. Uh, got a couple of new ones in Garland, Texas. Uh, we're starting to get a few more in Tampa, Florida. A few in Elgin, Illinois. Carbondale, Illinois. We've uh, had a couple more folks check in from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. Reston, Virginia. Maynard, Massachusetts. I said it this week. Fooled y'all. Uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. Collier and Norris, Tennessee. Freedom, Wyoming. And we got our first listener on the map from Austin, Texas. Hey, you guys down in South Texas, y'all uh, y'all start listening. And uh, by the way, I'll be checking in with y'all because there's some things going on down there in South Texas I'd like to turn into a couple of episodes of Resonant Frequency. And last but not least, we got a handful down there in Hobart, Tasmania. Tasmania, man. Y'all send me one of them little critters. I'm going to turn him loose in one of the malls up here. Okay. Here's a challenge for you guys in Canada and England. They are really wearing y'all out down there in Australia. We have almost as many listeners in the Chatswood. Uh, I hope I said that right. Yeah, Chatswood, Australia, and Sydney, Australia area down there as we do here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And the only reason we have as many listeners as we do here is because it's real easy to get in touch with all the clubs in this area and uh, get them to help promote. So, you know, the guys in England, the guys in Canada, y'all uh, y'all probably need to whoop it out. Of course, y'all don't worry too much because we still haven't heard from uh, Central Europe, uh, Central Asia, uh, Indonesian area, Japan, uh, and South America. So, uh, at least we've got y'all on the map. Okay. So we're going to move on forward and, and, uh, not dwell on this any longer. Let's see what else we got going this week. Oh yes. If you have any ham fests, uh, nets, special events, Anything like that you would like to have mentioned on Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, y'all just send me an email and we'll uh, we'll do our best to get her on the air so that uh, so that uh, the folks listening will know it's going on. Next item is programs. We are uh, in the next few weeks. We will have uh, a national traffic system program. I'm working on it with the guys at Mars to get a Mars program on here. For those of y'all outside the U.S., Mars is the military-affiliated radio service, I believe is what it's called. Uh, they help out our military folks with uh, uh, communications as far as you know, getting messages back and forth between loved ones and that kind of stuff. Uh, I have talked to the guy about the Linux program. We will be having a program on amateur radio and the Linux operating system in the next few weeks. Uh, I'm also trying my best to get uh, the reps from the Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network or Saturn to get in here with us so we can do a show with them and the 3905 Century Club. For those of y'all that don't know Century Club, Century Club is probably the uh, 
better, in my opinion, of the worked all states nets that goes on on a regular basis. And even you guys over in uh, Europe and Asia, y'all ought to be able to uh, check in from time to time on Century Club. And we're going to get somebody in here to discuss that. That's just a few of the things we've got in the works right now. Uh, also concerning programs, here uh, we're rapidly approaching the point that uh, there are things that I would like to do programs on which I am fairly knowledgeable about, but I don't want y'all to have to sit and listen to me just talk for 30 minutes. So uh, if y'all have anybody out there that uh, you know that is a home brewer or uh, has worked with a lot of different types of wire antennas or just about anything like that, uh, proficient with a particular piece of amateur radio software, uh, y'all let me know or have them get in touch with me. You know, I'm easy enough to get a hold of. You can send me an email at kb5jbv, kilo bravo 5, juliet bravo victor at gmail.com. Or just go on over to the webpage and leave me a comment over there with an email address or something, and I'll get back to y'all because, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time working on this thing during the week, and I'm over at that webpage 18 times a day. Uh, that's over at kb5jbv.blogspot.com. All right. I think that's everything we have for right now. We're going to get on to listening listening to Dave over there, W7GOX. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Dave. He's he's pretty all right guy. And, uh uh, we may end up having him back on the show again. So with hurricane season coming, we got the hurricane watch net. And with that, we'll move on to the next segment. And this week we're talking with David, uh, W seven G O X, uh, with the hurricane watch net. And uh, we're going to sit here and talk for a few minutes and see how much we can find out about it. And since we're coming up on hurricane season, this is probably a, a timely program. Thank you for join, joining us today, David. Well, it's my pleasure, Richard. Good to hear you and appreciate the opportunity to talk about our net. Well, there you go. You know, I'm I'm firm believer in spotlighting is uh, many of the really good nets out there as, as I can, and as we progress, we're going to do that. And this week, we got the Hurricane Watchnet. You guys are really great. Uh, Dave, can you tell us what the Hurricane Watchnet, Watchnet, doggone it, can you tell us what the Hurricane Watchnet is all about? Sure. If you got about several hours, Richard, but I'll try to make it uh, the Reader's Digest edition. The uh, Hurricane Watchnet, or HWN, uh, started... Uh, by a retired uh, Navy chief back in 1965 during a storm as it came ashore. And uh, we've been going strong ever since on 20 meters. Our primary frequency is 14.325 megahertz. And uh, our purpose really, uh, Richard, is fourfold. Uh, the first one, of course, is to uh, put out or disseminate hurricane advisory information 
that goes out to marine interests, the Caribbean island nations, and also emergency operating centers here in uh, this country. Also other interests in the Atlantic, Eastern Pacific, and uh, we cover that broad area. Anything that's promulgated by the National Hurricane Center down in Miami, we uh, put out periodically. Additionally, our purpose, uh, another one is to obtain weather information from reporting stations and observers who are not part of the routine network for the National Weather Service or the World Meteorological Organization, and we in turn pass it on to the Hurricane Center there in Miami. Additionally, we function as a backup communication link for the National Hurricane Center, other emergency operations centers, the National Weather Service, and other vital interests involved in the protection of life and property before, during, and after hurricane events. And uh, the last one, of course, after the storm comes through, uh, we occasionally relay initial damage assessments uh, from the storm to the uh, National Hurricane Center. That pretty much describes our function, Richard. Well, let me tell you, that's a lot of stuff. You know, uh, we were talking before we started here that uh, uh, I'm a member of Saturn. We kind of pick up where things left off, leave off. We were really busy during, uh, and it keeps coming up in our interviews. We were really busy uh, when the Katrina thing was going on, and even more so when Rita came on shore. She only went about uh, 75 miles east of here, and we had some serious wind going on. Oh, okay. So, uh, go ahead. Uh, Let me just comment, if I might. Uh, We really appreciate the support and the coordination we receive uh, from the Saturn net down there on 14.265. You folks do great work, and we kind of pick up, uh, of course, as the hurricane and the storms approach uh, landfall, and then... uh, as it uh, makes landfall, we generally pass the uh, the ball to you folks for uh, health and welfare traffic and so forth. So special uh, tip of the hat to you guys and your organization. <laughs> well, thank you very much, David. Um, okay, so uh, let's uh, let them know a little bit more about uh, what goes on with the Hurricane Watch Net. When, uh, when do y'all activate? That's probably one of the best questions. Yeah, a lot of people ask us that, and there's really uh, the simple answer that we have uh, a criteria for, Richard, is whenever a storm is within 300 miles of making landfall or a threatening uh, uh, land, uh, we uh, activate the net in coordination with the National Hurricane Center. And, of course, there's an awful lot of behind-the-scenes coordination that goes on, decision-making processes and so forth. At that point, uh, uh, we determine from the uh, folks at the center what information they need, uh, what they're vitally interested in, whether it be wind speeds, barometric pressure, uh, storm surges, rainfall, whatever. And uh, we, in turn, will uh, get the net, get the word out uh, on email and so forth that we're going to activate at a given time. And then we all, uh, the members, meet on uh, 14.325 and proceed from there. Well, there yeah, okay. Uh, that pretty much answers, you know, I'm, I'm aware of this because I do monitor y'all's nets when we've got something going on like that. But uh, that way, uh, 
our listeners are able to uh, know when they might be able to catch y'all on the air. Um, do you have to be a member? I might mention. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I might mention, Richard, that uh, if you're listening ahead of time and interested uh, and don't have access to our email bulletins that normally come out from the uh, ARRL up there in Connecticut indicating when we're going to act- activate, the uh, best uh, information here on 14.300 which is the frequency for the Maritime Mobile Service Net. And we make periodic announcements on that net of when we're going to be in session. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Maritime Net also. In fact, uh, this weekend at Belton, I turned two or three people onto that. Uh, they good group also, and that would be, I would think that would be a good place to monitor. Okay, uh, do you have to be a member of the Hurricane Watch Net to actually participate in the net? No, not at all. And while we're on the subject of members and so forth, uh, we use the term member and net control as one and the same. Uh, However, listeners and participants are welcome to listen on uh, 14.325 when we're in session. And especially if you're going to be in the path of the affected area, uh, we want to hear from you. What we like to do ahead of the storm is uh, make up a list of reporting stations, uh, where they're located, whether or not they have uh, measured uh, weather capability. That is, have you got a weather station at your shack, or can you stick your thumb out the window and estimate the wind speed? But, uh, no, we uh, welcome all participants uh, but to, in order to maintain discipline on the frequency, we would ask that until we uh, recognize uh, the net or open the net, rather, for uh, general participants, that everyone just listen and let the uh, members or net controls run the net. Well, that only makes sense. Uh, you know, we want to keep these uh, the nets that are truly uh, doing something instead of a bunch of guys just sitting around rag chewing. We want to keep some discipline there so uh, the maximum amount of information can be get through on the frequency at a given time. Okay, so um, we know that members and net controls are basically the same thing with the Hurricane Watch net. Uh, do y'all only... Um, do y'all look for stations that are only in the hurricane-prone areas, like the coastal areas, or uh, can somebody, well, like I'm 400 miles inland uh, at this point, and the only reason we had any problems with Rita is because uh, it came straight up through the pine forest in East Texas, and uh, being 70 miles away, we only had 50 or 60 mile an hour winds, but uh, I guess the, the question, the actual question is, do you need to be in one of those areas, in one of those coastal areas, to actually give good information or help out with the Hurricane Watch Net? Well, that's uh, kind of a two-prong answer directed uh, issue, Richard. Uh, For members or net controls, as I said, one and the same, we uh, take applications from all over the country because, as you well know from your Saturn experience, propagation uh, these days at the bottom of the sunspot cycle is uh, uh, flaky at best. So we like to have a general scattering of uh, member 
net controls uh, all over the United States as the ban shifts, propagation changes, and so forth. Uh, those uh, members come in handy, especially uh, as uh, the storm approaches the East Coast. A lot of those folks, or you in the Gulf area, will have to hunker down. Uh, those of us that are well away from the affected area can uh, still take reports. Now, if you're living in the uh, projected path or along the area and have significant weather changes to report, then we will welcome those. And again, uh, if folks listen to the net, uh, we make it uh, very plain uh, what areas uh, we're looking for reports from. So that is to say a non-member station, say in Canada or upstate New York, uh, probably uh, wouldn't do the hur forecasters at the hurricane center a lot of good by reporting uh, surface wind and so forth when the storm's coming in uh, uh, to the Gulf Coast. But uh, occasionally, even the member stations lose propagation, and we will take uh, relays and other uh, help from uh, non-member stations. How's that? Well, that uh, that was pretty thorough and just about answered every aspect of that particular question. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things I've really been impressed by you know, on HF in general over the last few years. We kind of got out of uh, using relays for a long time, but as the cycle dropped off, uh, the traffic nets, which I frequent quite a bit, and Saturn net and others, uh, have started actually using the relay technique again, and it's really working out well for us. And I'm glad that uh, y'all are proficient at that because uh, that makes uh, makes makes it possible for further folks further inland. And I'm really having a hard time talking to today, uh, folks further inland uh, to be able to participate. Okay, so um, what are y'all looking for? In, as far as the net control is concerned, what what kind of folks do y'all look for as far as the net control? Well, obviously we're interested in top-notch operators with a good-sounding station. It doesn't necessarily take uh, uh, maximum legal power and 25-element beam pointing down someone's throat to do that. Uh, just basically uh, a lot of uh, experience we look at. The membership committee... Uh, uh, tries to determine uh, what uh, folks have been active in, what kind of nets and so forth, and then they uh, uh, go over an individual application, which anyone is welcome to apply. And uh, if you want to know now, I can give you that uh, web page information where folks can do that. Okay, well, you can go ahead and uh, fire that off right now, or we can, uh, we can throw it in there at the end, uh, whatever your pleasure. All right. Well, it might be good to put it in both places. The uh, Hurricane WatchNet webpage is uh, very informative. It's located at uh, hwn.org, phonetically Hotel Whiskey November Decimal Oscar Romeo Golf. And that's the opening page. Over on the left-hand side of the webpage is a series of information uh, buttons and so forth. And one of those buttons you push will bring you right to uh, the application area. It'll outline what our uh, general uh, requirements are. 
what we like to see in uh, individuals applying. And then the actual application itself will be automatic. Once you press that send button, then it goes to all members of our uh, membership committee, and the process starts. And within a week or so, you'll have an answer. How's that? Well, that's uh, one of the simpler applications that uh, I've heard of in quite a while. Uh, that, that ought to get them right there. Okay, let's move on to the one tough question. With all the new and modern equipment that the uh, Weather Service has, such as Doppler radar and uh, the, guy, the folks out there flying the airplanes and, and that kind of stuff, is something like the Hurricane Watch Net still a, a really important part of the hurricane assessment and uh, damage assessment part? of a major storm? Well, I think so, uh, Richard. You talked to the forecasters uh, down at the uh, Hurricane Center in Miami, and they will tell you, and we get frequent uh, good press uh, on their news releases, that you can't beat a basic human standing on the ground with the Mark I motto eyeball uh, in to, uh, to tell you what's really going on. And as you may know, a lot of these outlying uh, Caribbean islands uh, where the storms come through first don't have all that uh, fancy equipment, and they depend very heavily not only on the advisories that uh, we broadcast on the uh, net frequency, but also as the storm gets closer to them, uh, they in turn feed us valuable information that the forecasters would not uh, have access to normally, and they in turn feed that into their, uh, crunch those numbers and so forth into their computers and can come up with a pretty accurate track of where this storm is going to go. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, eyeballs on the ground is probably probably the uh, uh, most important thing. In fact, uh, we just had Friday night, we had a storm roll through down in this area and it ended up tearing up uh, Haltom City, which is in Tarrant County, just to the west of Dallas. Uh, tore up a considerable amount of that uh, that city over there. And when it got over here, which we didn't get as much publicity over here as uh, they did over there, but over in the city of Mesquite, Texas, which is just north of my location, we had what we think is a little F1 touchdown, and uh, it tore some houses up pretty good and everything else. And uh, there were about four of us saw it right before it uh, started kicking up debris. And we got the information over to the Weather Service. We were lucky enough to be able to get most of the folks out of the way or at least warned so they could hunker down in the right spots. So uh i'm sure y'all's information is also as just as valuable to the weather service as anything like that but you know that's that's my job on this end of it's to to ask that to ask questions like that okay so uh yeah, the, let me interrupt if i might yeah go ahead we get a re we get a request from the uh, forecasters uh, down in the center in miami for specific uh, information from a given area. They'd like to know uh, what the storm surge is, how's the flooding going, and uh, real-time information you just can't beat. So uh, 
you're right. An eyeball on the ground is, is worth a lot and a lot of data to them. Yeah, with all them computers, they uh, they still haven't figured out to, how to send one of them computers out to look at it. Okay, so um, can those operators that don't have HF privileges help in some way during the hurricane watch net? Oh, you bet. Uh, there is a procedure which I'll go through here for you and the listeners where as you say, if you don't have HF access and you're in the affected area, uh, the forecasters at the center could still use uh, your information. And uh, the station call sign down at the Hurricane Center that we work with is WX4NHC, Whiskey X-Ray 4 November Hotel Charlie. Their website is uh, thatcallsign.org. And on their webpage, as the storms get close and develop, uh, there's a form that you can fill out and either email or fax directly into the center there. And the operators at WX4NHC, in turn, will take that form right into the back room, as we call it, where the forecasters work. And uh, those reports are very, very much appreciated. Also, any APRS data and so forth, uh, there's information on that on their webpage. Additionally, uh, members without HF, if they've got time on their hands and can uh, safely do so, could join uh, any of the local emergency organizations and perhaps volunteer uh, at the local EOC to pass traffic uh, on those nets. Yeah, okay. Um that uh that really makes uh makes a lot of sense these guys can get down in there and uh, get in touch with y'all. Okay. Um is there any other way to monitor the uh hurricane watch net other than on an HF radio? You know, some of these uh technician operators technician class operators they may not have an hf rig yet or anything like that is there any way they could uh tune in and monitor what's going on in in some way sure i think uh the best uh, route for them to go would be uh, assuming they have internet access because log on our webpage again that's uh, hwn.org and uh there we have posted uh, both in English and Spanish the latest uh, advisories that come out from the center uh, as the storm approaches. Uh, they come out every four hours, and then as the storm moves closer, uh, they update them uh, every two hours at least with periodic uh, updates. Those are available to uh, look at on the uh, web page as well as for anyone that's interested. Also on our webpage is a method where you can uh, put in your uh, email address and receive automatic distribution of all the advisories that we get and read on the air. So I think there's uh, you know, room for everybody here, Richard. Yeah, I, I, I tell you that list is great. Um, I sign up for the Atlantic Basin list uh, in June every year and then shut it down in October so that uh, 
uh, I don't end up getting anything off of it. But I tell you, uh, from June to October, I am well informed. And uh, that's something else I probably need to mention is that y'all have things, um, tools over there that can be downloaded, like uh, charts and stuff like that. I'm going to have to download the Atlantic Basin chart again because I had a crash and lost it. But I tell you what, you take that and those emails with that good information, you can track them all the way from the coast of Africa until they take out the Yucatan. <laughs> you bet. You know, a lot of common question we got is, what is a hurricane? Well, you know, the Saffir-Simpson scale, which we refer to, uh, has, we even have that posted on the webpage, like a wind speed from uh, 35 to 63 miles an hour would constitute a tropical storm. So you folks uh, down there in Texas had a tropical storm, in fact, not too long ago. A Category 1 storm is, uh, you know, like from 64 miles an hour up to 82 miles an hour. Anything above that, the categories go up. Uh, Katrina, of course, uh, as it went ashore, I think was eventually pegged at uh, Category 4 storm, which is wind speeds of 114 through 135. So... Uh, additionally, between, between wind speeds and barometric pressure and all that for the aspiring uh, uh, weather-interested observer, uh, there's a lot of dope there on that webpage form. Yeah, it's a really good tool, and uh, y'all have it organized really well also. Okay, so we've gone over what the Hurricane WatchNet is and uh, what kind of stations might be involved. Um can a non-radio operator uh, participate and help y'all out while uh, hurricanes are going on? Oh, you bet. As I mentioned uh, a minute ago, uh, you can put written reports or email reports into the uh, directly into WX4NHC uh, via their webpage. And again, uh, to get interested and so forth, you could lend a hand in your local community by signing up to work at the EOC through various uh, uh, HAM programs, ARES, and so forth. Uh, they're always interested in more folks, and you don't have to have a license necessarily to uh, do a lot of work uh, that they uh, uh, do for us. Yeah, that's one of the things the uh, AREC courses really brought to light uh I think it was in the, the level one. Uh, you may find yourself running messages or operating a fax machine or just about anything else, and you don't have to have a radio license to do that for sure. Okay. Oh, and that help is uh, greatly appreciated, and I bet uh, uh, someone that does that for a storm or two eventually, you're going to see them become a member of the club and get their ticket. And we could sure sure use more of those. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask a question that's been burning in my mind because I like to know these things. Uh, Dave, what's your most memorable storm? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a good question, Richard. I would have to say in the recent history, Katrina uh, and... Uh, all the uh, damage it created uh, 
stuck in my mind. Uh, we had, uh, for example, the National Weather Station there in Slidell, Louisiana, which in effect serves New Orleans and environs, uh, was knocked off the air uh, with a loss of power and lost some vital equipment. And lo and behold, uh, uh, about uh, halfway through the storm, this weak voice pops up and, uh, hey, I'm operating on generator power, and here's where we are at the weather station. We're all right. And uh, we relayed that down to uh, the Hurricane Center in Miami, and uh, eventually we're relaying uh, traffic back and forth regarding uh, what equipment had been uh, had been damaged, what replacement parts they needed, as well as uh, the fact that their families uh, were isolated from the folks stuck in the weather office there, but the uh, families were okay. Uh, another one, we had a storm uh, going into uh, uh, Belize down south. We had a young gent, I think he was 17 years old, if memory serves me correctly, uh, this gent came up in the middle of the storm and was giving us real-time reports like the roof of the house next door blew off, the uh, building next door where I am uh, just fell down. <laughs> that was quite dramatic and interesting to listen to. So every storm has its stories, as you well know, Richard. Yeah, I really do know. Uh, the one we talk about around here, localized, you know, we're in the right in dead square in the middle of tornado central here um 10 or 10 or so years ago we had one over in the city of lancaster and the story that stuck it sticks out in my mind is the storm went right down through the center of the city and took out the uh, city square and uh destroyed quite a few homes and stuff and there was one gentleman with uh dallas county races that was in his house making uh, hail reports and stuff. Uh, he spotted the funnel. He ran in, in, grabbed the mattress off his bed, went in and got in the bathtub and pulled the mattress over him and was giving reports while the storm was tearing his house apart. And luckily, he uh, survived with very few injuries, a few cuts and that kind of stuff. But while, while the tornado was just ripping his house to shreds, he was in that bathtub making reports. And it's amazing. You, you're right. Every storm does have a story. Okay, that's so amazing. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'd say that's real dedication on his part. But we emphasize uh, safety is paramount. Do not. Uh, you know, jeopardize your or your family's personal safety to give us a weather report. They are greatly appreciated and uh, and very well used by the forecasters. But at the same time, we don't want anyone getting hurt in the process. No, safety is something we really do preach here, and uh, we we uh, definitely stay on top of them about making sure they're safe. Okay. Uh, we're winding down to the end of this thing and uh, the grand finale. How can I find out more about the HWN and the NHC and hurricanes in general? And that that's probably the way we'll wrap her on up. All righty, Richard. Uh, well, the uh, Hurricane WatchNet uh, would love to have you visit our webpage. That is located uh, phonetically hotel whiskey november dot oscar romeo golf hwn dot org. 
Additionally, the uh, gents we work for down there at the National Hurricane Center, their uh, station uh, webpage is whiskey x-ray for November Hotel Charlie dot org and from there they have links to the hurricane center itself and uh, all sorts of information out there and uh, we certainly uh, thank you for your time today a chance to talk about our activity and invite folks to uh, visit with us on 14.325 let's hope we don't have any storm activity or well i heard that uh, okay Thanks, Dave. And with that, we'll move on to the next segment. Well, that pretty much wraps things up for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank Dave, W7GOX, from over at the Hurricane Watch Net for coming by and spending a little time with us in the shack this week. Uh... We're always informative when we're talking to these guys from the emergency nets. I always learn something new, and I've been getting on them things for a, a long time. All righty, if you find yourself in the Dallas area this weekend, uh, Saturday morning, come on down and see us at the uh, 50th annual Mesquite Rodeo Parade. Uh Mesquite Rodeo's been uh, been in business for about a half a century now, and uh, they uh, still gang- going gangbusters out there since they built the convention center right next door and everything else. It always turns out to be a fun event. If you do find yourself down at the parade, y'all come on down by uh, the intersection of Agnew and Beltline Road because uh, I'll be down there protecting my partner AK5K Bill from uh, rampaging soccer moms driving dually pickups. Okay, we've just about done everything we can on this uh, show this week. Let me remind y'all to go on over to the webpage and stick a pin in the Frapper map so we can uh, get y'all in the hello list uh, first thing next week. Address for that is kb5jbv.blogspot.com. Uh, I try to keep the Frapper map up to the top of the page uh, as much as possible, but if you can't find it up there, scroll on down to the bottom and uh, just follow it on out. Stick your pen in there. For comments, uh, suggestions, questions, uh, show ideas, or just to say hello, y'all uh, Y'all can shoot me an email at kb5jbv, kilo bravo 5, Juliet bravo victor, at gmail.com. And I look forward to those emails or comments on the website or uh, just about any kind of input y'all can get me. Because like I've said before, this show is uh, listener driven. So what y'all want to hear is what I want to be able to try and round up and get out to y'all. Okay, we've done the website. We've done the email. I guess we'll do the th- the uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, thanks to you for downloading us and making us really popular, it appears, because uh, membership over at iTunes is on the rise. Podcast Alley, it's on the rise. Uh, each and every episode beats the downloads of the previous episode. Um, it, within a week or so, the, the newer episodes, um, 
have more downloads than the episodes before them that have been out longer. So I really appreciate seeing that also. So thanks to each and every one of y'all and uh, y'all tell your friends about us and let's see if we can't get a thousand people on that frapper map. I'd like to say uh, thank you to Dave uh, over over there, Midlife Crisis, who uh, uh, are the folks that provide the music for this particular program. Uh, yeah, if y'all want to find out more about Dave and Midlife Crisis, y'all go over to uh, the Podsafe Music Network and uh, you'll be able to hunt him down. I'd like to say thank you to my wife, Brenda, for putting up with me. And also my parents, you know, they're, they've been really positive on this. And um, even though I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not what you would consider a spring chicken, is it's still nice to have them on board with this. So uh, thanks to them. Thanks to the guys over at... Uh, Ham Association of Mesquite, Dallas Amateur Radio Club, Richardson Wireless Club, Irving Amateur Radio Club, uh, Plano Amateur Radio Club, all the clubs here in the North Texas uh, area because they've really been helping out also. So with all of that and everything else, I guess we're pretty much done for this week. You guys be safe out there. Enjoy this weekend. Have a good week, and we'll see y'all back here uh, about a week from now. Uh, So y'all take care, and 73.